When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. With me, I have Joe. Hi, Joe. Hi. I'm so excited. I am also very excited for today. I can tell you Joe's list is like twice as long as mine is, at least, at least twice as long as mine is. So we're we're going to have a lot of books for y'all to be reading. I promise I'll just rapid fire at the end. Just some just some hot quick recommendations because today's topic is a great one and it I is. think it's something that we all need. Yes. Uh, we all want. Yes. Especially in light of some current opinions and current Correct. statements and stances that you and I don't stand with. No, which is why we're doing this. Correct. Absolutely. Uh yeah, so if you by chance have not seen the title of the episode we are talking about books that feature magic schools that aren't that one hmm. i don't need to probably tell you which one we're not talking about because if you're listening to this podcast you probably have an idea so we're not going to talk about that one because there are so many other books and book series that follow very similar tropes and in some cases are better at them so mm-hmm. we we can leave that in the past yep. and let's talk about new books i will say um it it is a tough space to be in because you know growing up that magic school was my magic school and i still love and and reread these books um and y'all have to have your own kind of relationship with that and what that means to you and how you choose to distance yourself or enjoy um but we have at least i have taken a pretty firm stance on not sharing anything that's going to hurt people uh so Let's let's give you some other options by right. authors who aren't saying terrible things on Twitter. Correct. Um, now, I should say, as Joe and I were discussing before we started recording, our definition of magic school is a little uh, broad, perhaps is the best way to describe it. Um, there are some that are like an actual magic school where there are students enrolled mm-hmm. in magic courses. Some of it, though, is if they are of an age where they would be learning things and there's magic component and some kind of educational component, we're kind of counting that. Yep. So. Yeah. I, I kind of look at this like uh, if that, right. If they are learning uh, in some way or another, because you know, you could also be on like a hero's journey in a magical world that forces you to learn lessons and pick up skills. Um, but I would say both of us have done a, a pretty solid job of falling in the realm of they are in a school yes. <laughs> or, no, or are related to a school. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jill, what yeah. do you think it is about magic schools that we all find so engaging and appealing? I, it's an excellent question, Joe. I think it's um, 
the fact that it's not the mundane non-magic schools we all went to growing mm-hmm. up. I think it's there's something fun about this idea, especially if you, if you were maybe not raised in that world and you find out that like the chosen one idea, um, especially the chosen one um, who did not have exposure to the magic side of things until they discover they're the chosen one. And that mm-hmm. idea of like, oh, I could like someday someone could just like show up and tell me that I'm magic and here's this entire school for me. Um, right. And, like there's a fascinating life that we might one day, like that letter right. may come in the mail. Someone may spirit us away. Like we all have the opportunity right. to make our lives magical. Yeah, I think that. And I think, yeah, like who wouldn't want to take like potions class versus gym class? <laughs> right. I even I even look at like a lot of the books that I engage with now as an adult after a lifetime of magical school reading and of course still reading about magical schools is um is like I fall into magical realism a lot and so I think I like that you can still have like the mundane everyday experience the random hero's journey in the middle and then you go back to like okay now it's summer vacation and that that to me is just like a fascinating storytelling arc correct agreed agreed I Um, also just like I also wanted to shout out, like, there is a distinct connection as well with, like, those of us who like anime and manga that, you know, there's, like, the main character energy, you know, the one in the classroom full of everyone that looks exactly the same that has the orange hair is, like, that's clearly the main character. And I think that's something interesting as well. Like, Bleach is something that comes to mind that's almost, like, the idea of a magical school uh, because he's living an everyday normal life. But then all of a sudden he's, like taken out of his body and he's got to fight ghosts and ghouls and goblins and things so it's it's mirrored in a lot of different ways or there are similar kind of genres elsewhere that I think match that same kind of energy that people are drawn to no for sure I yeah and I mean even if it's in you know if you're gonna have a magic school there's usually some fantasy element and even if it's sort of Mm -hmm. um more epic high fantasy just this idea of this other world existing is always so fun to think about and then just sort of wondering what would a school in that environment look like like what classes are they taking what um how are things graded and it just sort of fits into what i love about fantasy in general and sort of the economy and the world Mm -hmm. building and like the idea of building an entire magical school sounds like so much fun. That yeah. <laughs> like, it's a what? solid I challenge. Mean, just a, that is a solid <laughs> challenge, just for no other reason than pure fun. I don't have to write the book, but just like, what would a magic school from my brain look like? I don't know, but that I would love, be fun. I love that exercise. <laughs> That's a fun world building challenge, I think, for any writer. It's because, like, I think, like, the further you get into it, the more you have to sort of think about things. Yeah. Like, how is tuition paid, which comes up in one of my choices later. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, what does that mean? What does the grading look like how like how long do they go to this school for what Mm. it just there's there's so much to think about that you know you go through school and just normal and you're like this what is is the pre and post education I mean I even think of like what about college there never seems to be like higher education no so do they learn everything do they learn 
mm-hmm. they learn non-magic things, which is always, you know. Well, right. Because like even in that school that we're not talking about, they don't start until 11. Our parents at home raising their right. children, you know, teaching them all those like fundamentals that you would. Mm-hmm. But are there preschools? Like, right. Yeah. Are there primary schools? Like, right. like you know, maybe like it's this- a better economy, but we know from one specific family that there are class systems, that there are people who are wealthier than others. So yeah, it doesn't seem like the luxury of a stay-at-home mom is a reality, but... Right, yeah. yeah. So I think the world, the world building element of just a magic school, regardless of anything else, and I, is so fun. And I think it is that key point of like, you have to step from the normal world into another world. That to me is the biggest point. Like what makes the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe good is the fact that they walk through the wardrobe. The wardrobe, like, yeah. Know, that it's... The, the portal fantasies. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. agreed. Agreed, for sure. Now, Jill, what would be your favorite class at magic school? And your least favorite. I want both. <laughs> I love that I came up with these questions and did not and give stumped. any to them. <laughs> I know. I love that I'm asking these like I came up with them, but fully they're yours. And um, I gotcha. <laughs> you sure did. I did not give any thought to these questions at all. I did not give okay. any thought to them. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you time to think. I think, okay. oh, man, that's tough. See? That is tough. I think for me, I would want to go the route of... Mm, I'm trying to think of like my Scorpio sensibilities. I, well, that's I, I, part I, of it. I was immediately like, so I need to know offensive and defensive magic. I need to be able to fight and protect was my immediate thought. Um, but then I'd, I, I feel like I'd want like useful things. So I think that like uh, charms and transfigurations is kind of where I think I would probably target myself and my least favorite but I think I'd also be good at like potion making because I love to cook and I do all of my cooking intuitively so I think I'd be best at potions but I think I'd want I think my favorite class would be changing things so turning one thing to another but I think I it wouldn't necessarily be something I excelled at I think that would be Mm. my favorite to try at Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my least favorite. Hmm. I feel like I don't know if I'd have a least favorite because that's the tough part for me. For me, it's the like I want to do it all because it's different than my life. Yeah. Uh, but like uh, anything that's math based, because that would be my choice right. in real my- life. So <laughs> anything that's like math adjacent, I don't think I could do like erythromancy. I don't think I could do numbers based or Ooh. even like, like runes yeah. I'd struggle with. Oh yeah. Like a whole amount that's of like memorizing. A whole lang- yeah. Or, and like language yeah. and all that. I would probably struggle with that. I would also struggle with anything number based. Yeah. Um, I think the problem is that when it comes to like your favorite class at, at a magic school, it could literally be anything. It could. Because, because we it, are not, yeah, we're not right. like we're any We're just of referencing the- back to like anything. I Yeah. So I mean, it depends on what your world is. Are you correct. only le- like, is this X Men style where we all have a unique gift and you're just learning how to master your own gift? Right. Is this Hunger Games where you're developing a new skill? Like, 
just to like pinpoint different series but yeah yeah I know that I think I think that's the problem with this I, th- I, I think like even to your first title which I'll let you get to but like they have the opportunity that there's like a wealth of magic that they can learn from and it comes from reading and learning spells and a lot of different like bits and bobs that I think that to me is maybe the most kind of compelling world of learning magic where it's like everything is open to you there aren't really these barriers um you just have to kind of try to fit within your own skill set so maybe and this is I our, don't know this is our free segue <laughs> this is our well I'm just I you know I do think like if I'm gonna have to pick like a, a favorite or like a yeah. favorite class or favorite type of class let's be honest as a Scorpio I'm going for like necromancy and any kind of like darker magic the dark arts <laughs> yes let's okay. be honest here I'm an aggressive Scorpio and you're I mean... a dark Scorpio <laughs> this is literally what one day apart does this is what yes fun fact friends we are one day apart and we are like both in the middle of Scorpio season like there are we are not cuspers here we're not even close to being cuspers we are firmly in the middle firmly in the middle one day apart and and I'm the like sunshine and rainbows and you're the moon and clouds that's exactly what it is yeah I'm like no give me offensive spells so that I can use against my enemies True, and true. I also said with, that. And, that's true. You did. And communicate with the dead and mm-hmm. all that dark. That, that dark stuff. stuff. I love it. I love that's it. That's what I'm here for. That's what yeah. I'm here for. Um, but yeah, let's go, let's get into some book titles. All right, let's do it. So my first one, which I think may have actually been the one that sort of like sparked this entire idea of a podcast episode, yep. um, is Witchlings by Clarabelle A. Ortega. Y'all, this book is so much fun. I will say it they are their school, it's not specifically a magic school, although there are more books in the series. So I'm hopeful maybe we'll see some of that. Um, but it takes place in the magical town of Ravenskill, and it is about a a group of kids when they're um 12, they are placed into a magic coven um and sort of raised in this not raised but um learn with their coven together there's a big ceremony um where they find in front of the entire town which of the five covens they will be placed in so our main character is seven and seven ends up being a spare which is that she's not placed in a specific coven and so she um they're less powerful they're looked down by everyone in the town um, the other spares that she is put with are like the two people in the town where she was just like the, like the two where she's like, please do not put me in a coven with them. Please do not put me in a coven <laughs> with them. And they end up as, an, as, as spares together. And, um, they perform, they attempt to perform a, a seal to kind of like a magic circle to seal their coven and it doesn't work. And they're stuck as witchlings. And um, will eventually like lose their magic and lose their power and be like outcast in their entire town. So in this moment, Seven panics and she invokes in the only option, which is the impossible task. Um, this is where like the kind of high witch of the town 
um, assign them a task that is essentially impossible, but if they work together and succeed, their coven will be sealed and they'll gain their full powers. If they fail, they'll be turned into toads. Also, in case I didn't make this clear, this is like middle grade. (laughs) That may have been obvious from the beginning because they're 12. I don't know. I just, I really didn't say that. But it was it, very fun. Yeah. Like, I it doesn't I necessarily read like it, 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 is not. it reads as middle grade, but it is lovely for all it ages. Is so much fun. Okay. Yeah. So Seven has to work with these two other witch lanes who she does not like and does not get along with to um, do this impossible task and possibly have to save the entire town. And it is so much fun. And I will also say that um, it is the first um at least there's a sequel coming out i don't know how many there are planned but it is the first in a some it is not a standalone hopefully a series yeah, yeah hopefully a series and no um, words that say well, duology I, actually, <laughs> I i think it's at least three because i believe each of the girls in the witchlings group gets a book so like seven okay. is this one and then i think the next one is one of the other ones and then i'm assuming the third one will be the third one whose names i'm forgetting right now um but what I loved about this is I read this book and Ryan LaSala's The Honeys back to back. Um, Clarabelle and Ryan are friends in real life. They are delightful together. If you follow them on social media, they had a podcast, mm-hmm. I believe. There are, and if I had not read these back to back, I don't think I would have noticed this, but <laughs> they both make reference to the other book in this, or I mean, Clara, there's a there's a there's a um, very small Easter egg about Ryan Lasala in the Witchlings, and then in the Honeys, there's an Easter egg for the Witchlings. And yeah. again, had I not read these back to back, I probably would not have picked up on it. When I pointed it out to my friend at Scholastic, who gave me the arcs of these books, she had not been aware of it because she had read them further <laughs> apart. And so, uh, just another little fun fact is that if you are a Ryan LaSala fan and read read The Witch Lanes and see if you can pick up on the, the little Easter egg for it's, this book. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. I, I love this book. I hope it's a, a very full and beautiful series because the pacing is gorgeous. It like it read to me with all of the traditional like pacing and flow of any age range. Like I... <laughs> I was, Jill, I was listening to this while I was doing my carport makeover. And so I'm literally like sawing pieces and and cutting things to shape. And I'm just like, what's going to happen next as, as this is being narrated into my brain. But like the, the flow is there. You want to keep going. You want to know the secrets and some things maybe you can intuit. uh, But I would say, honestly, you're going to be pretty well stumped because everything is beautifully laid out and paced. I don't really feel like I had any moment where I was going to like, oh, I'm ahead of what's coming on. Like oh, this no. for me was good twist and turns. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She, yeah. Ortega does a very good job about keeping you um, wanting to keep reading because you yes. don't know necessarily what's happening or what's going on. And there, there were a lot of surprises along the way um that that i enjoyed love it so my book i will offer up a trilogy this is the scholomance trilogy the first book is a deadly education by naomi novick uh so this is about orion this is just truly this series starts off with let's let's just dive into it 
I decided that Orion Lake needed to die after the second time he saved my life. Everyone loves Orion Lake, everyone else that is. Far as I'm concerned, he can keep his flashy combat magic to himself. I'm not joining his pack of adoring fans. I don't need help surviving the Scalamance, even if they do. Forget the hordes of monsters and cursed artifacts. I'm probably the most dangerous thing in the place. Just give me a chance and I'll level mountains and kill untold millions. Make myself the dark queen of the world. At least, that's what the world expects. Most of the other students in here would be delighted if Orion killed me, like one more evil thing that's crawled out of the drains. Sometimes I think they want me to turn into the evil witch they assume I am. The school certainly does. But the Scalamance isn't getting what it wants from me, and neither is Orion Lake. I may not be anyone's idea of the shining hero, but I'm going to make it out of this place alive, and I'm not going to slaughter thousands to do it either, although I'm giving serious consideration to just one. So fun series, great first person, um, you kind of like unreliable narrator vibes. You don't fully know what's going on. Uh, but if you need a series, um, but nothing too long, love a trilogy. And book three just came out a few weeks ago, I believe, September 27th. So there you go. It's all packaged up, ready to go. You can dive in and get all the way through it. Uh, so this kind of ran from 2020 to 2022. And that is A Deadly Education by Naomi Novik. Those books are so popular. Right. And the, the cover, it oh, speaks yeah. to me, like Phase of the Moon, book with magic spells floating out of it. Yeah. Um, I know, I know it's like a gimme to start with this one because it is on every list, but it's that kind of like, I took the Hunger Games approach to some things because to me that falls into this in in the way of like, coming of age story yeah. happening in a specific setting so you know this one's at least revolved around a school and magic <laughs> that's true that's true um okay my next one is carry on by rainbow rowell it is the first in a trilogy okay if you want a book and series that is close to that other one as possible without mm -hmm. being that other one the simon snow series is basically what you want um I've talked about it before, but for those who have not heard those episodes and are maybe unfamiliar with this, um, this is about Simon Snow and he is the worst chosen one who's ever been chosen. Or at least that's what his roommate Baz says. And Baz might be evil and a vampire, but he's probably right. Um, half the time, Simon can't make his wand work. And the other half, he starts something on, he set something on fire his mentor's avoiding him. His girlfriend broke up with him. And there's a magic eating monster running around wearing Simon's face. And it's their last year at the Watford School of Magic. And Simon's infuriating nemesis doesn't even bother to show up. So what I love about this book, it started as um, in Rainbow Rowell's book, Fangirl, the novel. Um, the main character, Kath, writes fan fiction within the Simon Snow series. And so it's like a book within a book. And then Rainbow Row went on to write Simon Snow books. Um, they're not necessarily the Simon Snow books mentioned in Fangirl, but it's definitely the Simon, like Simon Snow books. And again, like Simon is really kind of a terrible wizard and terrible chosen one and he thinks his roommate's a vampire and you don't really know and it's you know he sort of has a crush on Baz and Baz might have a crush on him and it's just 
there's so much I love about these books. Yeah. Um, the second one is like an entire road trip story, and it just <laughs> there it's got some like Percy Jackson vibes. It, it, yeah, and the the magic with like the you know again like the magic system, which I think is part of that world building we were talking about. The magic system within the story is very interesting, mm-hmm. and how that works. Um, and I just I love these books so much. I also I just love this trend I'm I'm seeing of like authors taking something they've just kind of mentioned and it turns into something later in their books or it becomes a series of its own. Um, my conversation earlier this year with Margot Harrison, she had she was like I started uh, this one whole book off of the idea of fan fiction about mm-hmm. a certain group and then that turned into something else entirely and it's it's just like really cool to see how that creativity happens. Yeah, I I think I've heard Rainbow say like part of why she ended up writing these Simon like full Simon Snow books and not just like excerpts like fake excerpts Mm -hmm. and fangirls because the character Baz never really left her mind like Baz was always kind of there and she sort of wanted to explore that but she ended up exploring it from the chosen one perspective of Simon Snow. Um, Yeah, so love it, love them, love them so much. (laughs) Well, my next pick is from New York Times and New York illustrator Jillian Tamaki. She is best known for co-creating the award-winning young adult graphic novel series, uh, Skim, or young adult graphic novels, Skim, and This One Summer. Uh, they're both kind of like moody, atmospheric bestsellers, but this is Super Mutant Magic Academy. So this uh, was serialized online for the past couple years, uh, but it paints a teenaged world filled with just as much ennui and uncertainty, but also with a sharp dose of humor and irreverence. So it, uh, Tamaki actually plays the kind of like superhero in high school Hollywood tropes against what adolescence is really like. And so uh, the Super Mutant Magic Academy is a prep school for mutants and witches, but their paranormal uh, abilities, I wanted to immediately say paranormal activity, geez, their paranormal abilities take a backseat to actual like everyday teen life. It's very slice of life, which to me is just funny knowing that you've got mutants and witches and their main concern is like will you go to the dance with me? Uh, So science experiments go awry, bake sales are upstaged, and the new kid at school is a cat who will determine the course of human destiny. In one strip, lizard-headed Trixie frets about her non-existent modeling career. In another, the immortal everlasting boy tries to escape this mortal mortal coil to no avail. Throughout it all, closeted Marsha obsesses about her unrequited crush, the cat-eared Wendy. Whether the magic is mundane or miraculous, um, it's just like full of these precise and devastating jokes. So this is a volume that combines the most popular content from the webcomic uh, with a selection of all new and never before seen strips. So worth, um, you, you know, of course you can go to Jillian Tamaki's space and like look at these online, but also if you borrow this book through Libby, you can uh, see some new and never before seen pieces as well. That is Super Mutant Magic Academy by Jillian Tamaki. There is no hood like parenthood. When you meet a fellow parent, you just kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast. I interview change makers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition. 
aka their mom sense and dad sense. I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. I feel like books and magic schools kind of fit into two different mm-hmm. buckets. There's the ones where it's really about the magic and the magic school element and like yeah. all of that. And then there are the ones where they just happen to be at a magic school, but they're also teenagers and and it's just really human. And it's just human and they just happen to have magic involved. And Absolutely. I they both like have their I love both kinds. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting to see which ones are sort of just dealing with the everyday terrors and angst of being in middle school or high school and you yeah. just happen to have magic involved. <laughs> right. You have magic there to add an additional layer to hormones. Yes, that. Yes, <laughs> and like friendships and fights and broken hearts and all of that stuff and yeah there just happens to be magic which probably complicates it but <laughs> makes it just a, a touch spicier just a touch spicier just a touch spicier um okay my next one is the name of the wind by patrick rothfuss this is the first book in the king killer chronicle that we're been waiting like 15 years for book three but don't worry about that part uh <laughs> 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 just don't worry about that part um anyway so I I love this book because um so it's about a, a character named Kvoth and in the very beginning um we sort of start with a traveler who ends up at a bar and he, the the owner of the bar the this traveler um bard storyteller is like I think you're that guy who everyone talks about and the barkeep's like what no um and then is like, all right, you got me and decides to like sort of tell his story of who he is and how he got to be this well-known person who is now like running a bar. Um, but this has one of the, my favorite magic schools um, he, cause he ends up going to university and just how he gets into university, how he pays for university, his experiences, university, the library in this university. I did an episode years ago about like library like magic libraries and like magic university libraries and this is one of my favorites and there are so many fun scenes um just like the entire school and university element of this book is my favorite part about this entire book um and so of course I had to include it on this list I mean the book in general is delightful and enjoyable the second one is good but I love this first one very much because of the university and what 
the magic school and the world building that went into this magic school. It's just, it's, it's my favorite thing in the entire world. And really just the scene, it's worth it just for the scene for how he gets into school and his sort of that, the admission process. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's so good. I kind of just want to go start reading this right now and just like start there and just like (laughs) love it so much. I love that. Is this, is this one that you mentioned when we were talking with Tiffany? Possibly of the same series. I think so. Okay. Is this the one that like that you reread parts of like the second book is the one you reread parts of? Maybe. I don't remember specifically (laughs) what I told (laughs) Tiffany. I feel like now that you say that, I feel like it did come. I may have mentioned it briefly. Okay. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, no, it, it definitely came up because Marissa was talking about how uh, this book has drastically changed two of her vacations uh, because her husband started reading it and then could not socialize until he finished yep. it. Yep. Uh, and then they, they got one of their other friends to read it mm-hmm. and they read the whole first one and then made them all leave their like campground to go to a bookstore to buy the second to one so the they could one. start it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, if I'm thinking yeah. of the right one, because I you remember the, the drama of like book three is non-existent. It is non-existent. There and is a Kickstarter and oh, promise chapters and yeah. Okay, we're yeah. we're all, we're all on the same page. Yes. Oh yeah, it's a whole thing. <laughs> so like, if you're someone who needs a completed book series, don't read this. Um, because <laughs> you're not gonna get it. You're probably not gonna get it. Um, I, maybe he'll surprise us one day at this point. I feel like both he and George R. R. Martin have just like given up. I have whole theories about that, but anyway, uh, there is like a sort of companion novel. Um, it's very short that, that follows one of the, uh, yeah, it's like 2.5 kind of thing that follows one of the side characters. Um, but as for the third book in the series, I'm not so sure about that. We'll see. Maybe one day he'll surprise us all. (laughs) So my next pick is kind of a stretch for school, but it is a series. And I'm just claiming summer break uh, as like the reason she's not at a school. (laughs) Um, but, But this has very much like witchling kind of vibes. Like it fits that like this is the right genre quest age range kind of group so this is amari and the knight brothers this is the supernatural investigations series book one by bb alston amari peters has never stopped believing her missing older brother quentin is alive not even when the police told her otherwise or when she got in trouble for standing up to bullies who said he was gone for good So when she discovers a ticking briefcase in his closet containing a nomination for a summer tryout at the Bureau of Supernatural Affairs, she's certain the secretive organization holds the keys to locating Quentin. If only she can wrap her head around the idea of magicians, fairies, aliens, and other supernatural creatures all being real. Now she must compete for a spot against kids who've known about magic their whole lives. No matter how hard she tries, Amari can't seem to escape escape the intense scrutiny and doubt, especially once her own supernaturally enhanced talent is deemed illegal. With an evil magician threatening the supernatural world and her own classmates thinking she's an enemy, Amari has never felt more alone. But if she doesn't stick it out and pass the tryouts, she may never find out what happened to Quentin. Uh, Book two is also out. It's a super fun series. The art is beautiful. There are illustrations by uh, Brittany Jackson throughout. 
Um, love this. Total recommend. That sounds really good. Um, my next one is Magic for Liars by Sarah Gailey. Love it. Right? I know. Great title. It's, it's <laughs> so good. The cover is fantastic. Um, it has this hand that's upside down with the fingers crossed. And there was like a, looks like an eye tattoo, sort of third eye tattoo type situation happening um, on, on the wrist. Um, so this is like fantasy, but with murder. So <laughs> love that. Love that combo. Right. So when a gruesome murder is discovered at the Osthorne Academy of Young Mages, where her estranged, estranged twin sister teaches theoretical magic, reluctant detective Ivy Gamble is pulled into the world of untold power and dangerous secrets. She will have to find a murderer and reclaim her sister without losing herself. I mean, magic, murder, magic school, reluctant detective. I mean, what more do we need? <laughs> Pretty sure it's, this was their debut as well. So come on, what a powerful debut to give us right, all of that. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So that would be Magic for Liars by Sarah Gailey. I love it. Love it. My next pick is it's giving Wizarding World meets X-Men. Uh, oh my God. Did I just become young? <laughs> I, I said what the teens say it's giving um yeah no this is giving wizarding world meets x-men like that was that was the the choice behind this pick uh the final book was released in 2019 so it's older compared to my my whole list but i only have one other series kind of like this um that's like a little bit older all of my recs uh have been kind of like new new or like pretty close like last three years kind of thing this is a carne by lynette noni with just one step, 16-year-old Alex Jennings' world changes, literally. Dreading her first day at a new school, Alex is stunned when she walks through a doorway and finds herself stranded in Medora, a fantasy world full of impossibilities. Desperate to return home, she learns that only Professor Marcel can send her, but he's missing. While waiting for him to reappear, Alex attends Akarne Academy, Medora's boarding school for teenagers with extraordinary gifts. She soon starts to enjoy her bizarre new world and the friends who embrace her as one of their own. But strange things are happening at Akarne, and Alex can't ignore her fear that something unexpected, something sinister, is looming. An unwilling pawn in a deadly game, Alex's shoulders bear the crushing weight of an entire race's survival. Only she can save the Midorans, but what if doing so prevents her from ever returning home? Will Alex risk her entire world and maybe her life to save Medora? So you got six books right here, like that good YA range. And like I said, it's it's that like X-Men, uh, magic school, different folks with different abilities, threats to one group save potentially by another. Yeah, you got it all. All the things. Yeah, and that is A Carne by Lynette Noni. Uh, my next one is The Rest of Us Just Live Here by Patrick Ness. So this is a slight, I'm not going to say it's a cheat. It's not a cheat. It's different perspective from the rest of the book that we're talking about in terms of magic schools. So this is actually about the kids at the school who aren't the chosen one and aren't part of the chosen one's group. It's about, my, I know. So <laughs> Love it's just, it already. 
<laughs> it's 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 Mikey who just wants to graduate and go to prom and maybe finally work up the courage to ask Hen out before someone goes and blows up the high school again. Because sometimes there are problems bigger than this week's end of the world. And sometimes you have to find the extraordinary in your ordinary life. Um, so what I love about this book, other than the fact that it sort of flips the script on this idea of the chosen one and magic schools and, or just students who are magic within a a world, um, the chapter headings are about what is happening. Um, Okay, so I'll give you this. So chapter the first in which the messenger of the immortals arrives in a surprising shape looking for a permanent vessel. And after being chased by her through the woods, Indykin Finn meets his final fate. (laughs) We don't meet any of these characters. That is like the chapter heading. We don't. That's just your like context for what's going on. This is what is happening. This is what is happening to the hero, but we're over here with these other kids happening. And so there's like references to like blue lights in the sky, like in a far off field because the chosen Mm -hmm. one and his friends are dealing with that stuff over there. But we just want to like survive English class. Um, And I I love that. It's it's so fun. Um, The the indie kids are the ones that like that's what they sort of call the group who's is the indie kids which is just mm-hmm. delightful um yeah chapter the second in which indie satchel writes a poem and her mom and dad give her loving space to so just feel what she needs to then an indie kid called dylan arrives at her house terrified to say a mysterious glowing girl has informed him of the death of indie kid finn satchel and dylan comfort each other platonically so <laughs> Yeah, so at the you beginning, mean, uh, it's so it's so it's so good. It's so clever. Mm-hmm. It gives you that context of like what is happening with the indie kids and the magic and the chosen ones. And but you're like, that's not really what our story is about. We're we're the rest of us just live here. Like we're not those people. This is just our story, and it's so good. It it does what the boys does, and like, what if superheroes were evil? What if you had oh. to see? the underbelly of what it would be like if there were supers in the world or like even those like joking all state commercials of like oh the hulk just crashed through my home you know like those kind of concept of what what is the rest of the world going through as the avengers rip apart downtown uh speaking of have you ever seen those tiktoks about the girl who works at the insurance agency they were they're so They're so good. I mm-hmm. I I know that her TikToks like blew up maybe a year or two ago at some point during the pandemic. I think she mm-hmm. started filming them. And yeah, but it's that same thing. Like right. what happened? Like what is the rest of the world look like? What's going on of, for the rest of us? What's going on for the rest of us? Yeah. I love that. So good. Too much. Uh, So my next pick is The Nature of Witches by Rachel Griffin. This is another one that was blowing up. This is Rachel's debut title. Uh, In a world where witches control the climate and are losing control, only one witch can save Earth from destruction. But as her power grows, it hurts those closest to her. And when she falls in love with her training partner, she's forced to choose between her power, her love, and saving Earth. For centuries, witches have maintained the climate, but now their control is faltering as the atmosphere becomes more erratic, the storms more destructive. 
All hope lies in Clara, a once-in-a-generation Everwitch whose magic is tied to every season. In autumn, Clara wants nothing to do with her power. It's wild and volatile, and the price of her magic, losing the ones she loves, is too high, despite the need to control the increasingly dangerous weather. In winter, the world is on the precipice of disaster. Fires burn, storms rage, and Clara accepts that she's the only one who can make a difference. In spring, she falls for Sang, the witch training her. As her magic grows, so do her feelings, until she's terrified Sang will be the next one she loses. In summer, Clara must choose between her power and her happiness, her duty and the people she loves. Before she loses Sang, her magic and thrusts the world into chaos. That's the nature of witches, Rachel Griffin. A little different. Um, I think this is like the furthest fringe for my list because, uh, you know, our, our main character here, Clara, is being trained. So there's that like magic school adjacent element. But this was such a beautiful debut YA novel. And I couldn't not include this. Like when we have such an easy opportunity to throw it in, I couldn't not. That's, that's it's our podcast we can make up the rules it's yeah. our podcast we can do what we want <laughs> um okay so i have one title left and then if you want to do rapid fire you can but i have one title all right okay it is the black mage by daniel barnes this is a graphic novel okay so in saint ivory academy historically a white wizarding school opens its doors to its first ever Black student, everyone believes that the wizarding community is finally taking its first crucial steps towards inclusivity. Or is it? I should say that the creator of this is Black. And so just go on with me on this. Okay. So when Tom Token, the beneficiary of the school, that's why I said that. When Tom Token, the beneficiary of the school's magical minority initiative, begins uncovering weird clues and receiving creepy texts on his phone, he and his friend Lindsay stumble into a conspiracy that dates all the way back to the American Civil War and could cost Tom his very soul. So um, it's young adult graphic novel. Yeah. White wizarding school gets its first black student and Tom Token is his name. Oh, wow. Um, so this is more than just like magic school. There's a lot of commentary that Daniel Barnes is making just about race and education and stories and, and magic and all of it all in, in one. And also like the lack of diversity in, in fantasy in fiction, spaces. Yes, in fantasy spaces. Yeah. Right. I mean, a lot of our lists today include beautiful representation, uh, but that's a new thing. Like, that's not something that, you know, because the answer online was like, oh, well, it's it's an orc. There's no color. Like, okay, but I think but you missed when the you point. Imagine, of, well, I, yeah. I, mean, I think you missed the point of, like, what some authors were trying to say. You know, I'm just thinking of, like, Tolkien with, like, uh, the class systems he built within different, you know, character ra- or creature races uh yes. yeah and, but right yes. like you were going to say when you imagine what that character looks like is your default they look like me correct and, and like to challenge a, that yes and sort of a lot of the debates happening or not debates uh criticism discourse like discourse regarding rings of power and in particular some of the elves that show up and you know yeah. you have neil gaiman like pulling direct quotes from 
Tolkien to be like, no, no, it's okay that they're black because within the text, he describes them as darker than the other. And like that mm-hmm. whole thing. And yeah, so. Love it. I love it when there's a whole source material that you can pull from and people online will say, that's not what my dwarves look like. Yeah, let's not even get into the Rue conversation as we've been talking oh. about Hunger Games. She's described as black on the page, folks. I don't know why you were surprised at the black actress in the movie. I mean, people will always be angry about something, and unfortunately, it's never the right thing. So I am going to give one last full description before I rapid fire. So my last fully described title for y'all. This is my other one on the list that was a bit older, um, but it's another fully completed series, uh, six books in total, and it has just had a recent announcement of a movie release from Netflix. Charlie Theron, Carrie Washington, Lawrence Fishburne, Michelle Yeoh, Sophia Wiley, uh, Sophie Ann Caruso, Jamie Flatters, Earl Cave, Kit Young, and more. This is The School for Good and Evil uh, by Soman Chiani. So with her glass slippers and devotion to good deeds, Sophie knows she'll earn top marks at the school for good and join the ranks of past students like Cinderella, Rapunzel, and Snow White. Meanwhile, Agatha with her shapeless black frocks and wicked black cat seems a natural fit for the villains in the school of evil. The two girls soon find their fortunes reversed. Sophie's dumped in the school for evil to take uglification, death curses, and henchman training, while Agatha finds herself in the school for good, thrust among handsome princes and fair maidens for classes in princess etiquette and animal communication. But what if the mistake is actually the first clue to discovering who Sophie and Agatha really are? It's like a fun romp. (laughs) Are you telling me that people are more complicated than just like evil and good? What? what? You can't put everything into a binary? Although death curses, that would be a class I would take. Yes, I'm going to take death curses. see right maybe we could unite the schools um (laughs) yeah no so this this just is such a fun series going through all six books um it's like on the fringe for me of my enjoyment because the 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 like the the like good and evil dichotomy of princess versus like evil queen always i'm like i'm glad i'm retired but um it's so fun so cute and i can't wait to see how this is translated into a movie it also has a delightful map at the very it, beginning. The, the most important thing of most fantasy yeah, books the map. is a good map. <laughs> it's It's got a good map. All right, I may be checking this out as soon as I can. <laughs> that that may be on its way into your, into your loan shelf. Okay, are y'all ready for some rapid fire recommendations from me? So the first one is Vida Nostra by Sergei, uh, Marina and Sergei Diachenko. This one actually has like a great pull quote recommended right at the top from Lev Grossman. So that's my second shout out, The Magicians, a full series there. Um, if we have been kind of vibing on the like mid-grade uh, YA range, uh, both of these fall into the kind of um, 
adult range. You've got like the college themes and the magicians and Vita Nostra is like a really interesting uh, take around like falling into magical worlds. Um, it is a translated work from Russian. Um, it is well translated, but you know, you'll always find something depending on how translations work, uh, nuances, things, how they come apart. Uh, then I wanted to shout out the Air Chronicles by Cinda Williams Chima, uh, specifically the Wizard Air. This one is the the one that kind of really has that wizarding school element. Um, this most of the titles in this list I will say are, are the older ones because like the Air Chronicles was coming out when I was in middle and high school, so you know, little older, not that not that old. I swear. Uh, then we have. The Chronicles of Crestomancy. The first book is Charmed Life by Diana Wynne-Jones. If you know me, you know I love Diana Wynne-Jones. She's the writer of Howl's Moving Castle, along with a lot of other brilliant works. Um, these are beautiful. Then, of course, you could hop into, like, any of the Scholastic collection of Tamara Pierce, uh, but specifically calling out the Circle of Magic series. Book one is Sandry's, pro uh, is Sandry's book. Uh, the four books in this series are each of the girls from kind of like the coven or school. Uh, if you look at the cover, excuse the papyrus font, it was a different time. Uh, already shouted out the magicians. Uh, then uh, two I wanted to just throw out because... I'm, they're like on my TBR. They've been on for a minute, but I haven't gotten into them. Uh, this is the Divine Dungeon series by Dakota Kraut and, um, and Mother of Learning by Nobody103. It was a web kind of like piece that was then uh, put into ebook format. Uh, so it is something you can get in Libby. And then I wanted to shout out as well, my last one, I believe, yes, The Library at Mount Char. This is definitely an adult title on the list um, about kind of like children who were taken at a young age and they're all in this strange world with the one that they call Father. And Father is missing, perhaps even dead, and the library that holds his secrets stands unguarded. And that is my rapid fire list. Uh, if you are worried and looking for those, don't be worried. They will be in the episode description. Uh, I just, I'm so wildly passionate about this topic and I wanted to make sure there were options for you. If you have read any of the books on this list, we want to hear about it. We want your feelings um, because we'd love to shout them out in a future episode. So you could always send an email to professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Or of course, you could message us on social. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at probooknerds. You could easily talk to us there as well. Uh, we are also still collecting questions for our 700th episode that is coming up so if you don't follow us on social we are um looking to answer readers questions for that episode so if you have any questions burning questions you would like to ask the podcast about anything you can email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com or get reach out to us on any of our social handles Yes, we would love to hear from you and answer your questions. Um, I'm excited by some of the ones we've gotten already. Uh, and we just we want to direct the convo. Sure, sure do, sure do. So uh, thanks, everyone. Hope you found some new magic schools to read about. I for sure did. Real. Uh, right, me too. Jill, thank you for putting this episode together. I am so excited for this to be out there. 
and to hear what the folks think of our picks. Thanks, Joe. Bye, everyone. Happy reading. Happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen Podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly, and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.